Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. My name is Chris. I thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm really excited for this episode of the podcast. We've got another Q&A this week, five more questions that I'm super excited to dive into uh, on the episode. Uh, we've been pumping out Q&As recently. I really do appreciate uh, all of the questions people have been sending over. Uh, I get a lot of them via a combination of different places. I do Q&As on my Instagram every Thursday, so I get a lot of really good questions there. I also get tons of questions on TikTok, um, and I'll also include some popular questions I get from my clients. So these are always a mixture uh, of questions that come from different places. And you know, if you ever have a question of your own that you would like to get more of a detailed answer on and get some guidance, uh, please feel free to get in touch with me. However, uh, is easiest for you. I'm basically, basically on every social media platform. If you just look up Chris Gates fitness, um, you're going to find me. I'm at Chris case, Chris Gates fitness, basically everywhere. Um, obviously there's my website where you can, uh, shoot me an email. Um, geez, I don't know. I'm on YouTube as well. You can leave a comment there basically anywhere. However you consume this podcast or wherever you may follow me. If you have a question, please feel free to send it my way and I will be sure to answer it on uh, a future episode, but let's talk about what the questions are that we're diving into today. So, um, somebody asked about how much water, uh, I guess, number one, should they drink a day? How much water should you drink a day? And then also asked about how much water I drink. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about tracking vegetables, okay? And might even throw in the concept of tracking fruits, but how do you track vegetables? Um, what is the best app for tracking calories and macros? We're going to talk about that. Um, how to lose those last few pounds when you're trying to lose weight. When you're close to that weight loss goal, how, to, how do you get that progress to continue going because obviously when you make a lot of progress, it's going to slow down. So how do you lose those last few pounds? Um, and then the fifth question is uh, a really interesting one. How can I teach my overweight children to get healthier and exercise without being rude? I wanted to leave that one at the end because I think that that has a ton of detail to it. And I think it's a really good question. Something a lot of people probably think about, a lot of parents have wondered and maybe worried about and I don't know that I'm an expert, but I have, uh, I think, some pretty good suggestions that may help guide you uh, in navigating that. So those are the questions for today's episode. Really quick, before we dive in, as always, I want to remind you that I am a coach. I coach people all over the world to reach their fitness goals, right? So if that's burning fat, building muscle, losing weight, building endurance, uh, just gener generally developing healthier lifestyle habits, that's what I work with my clients on every single day, every week, every month uh, throughout the year. And if you have a goal and you would like some customized coaching to help work you towards whatever that goal may be, there is a link to my coaching page in the show notes. I would highly recommend you reach out. If you reach out, we can just talk about what your goals are. There's no commitment or anything like that up front and uh, see if we would be a good fit and if we could put a program together to start working you um, in the right direction. This is what I love to do. So if you would like some help, I would love to work with you. Um, and also, I want to let you know if you're listening to this episode right now, I have a brand new article published on my website, chrisgatesfitness.com. And the article is actually 
it was born from one of these Q&As on the podcast. And the article is about what the best way is to track calories burned. Um, I went on a little bit of a rant about that in uh, one of the previous episodes. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, um, but you could go look back. And in all the episodes in the show notes, I, I list what the topics are. We talked about this on one of those episodes recently. And, uh, you know, it just clicked for me that that's a question I get all the time. And, if it's not a question I, I, I get, I also see it all the time on social media or in conversations with people just talking about, well, yeah, I burned this many calories in this workout. Um, and it just felt like the right time to, since I answer that so many times, put all of that into one place and put it into an article. And you know what? I'll put that article link in the show notes for this episode as well. So you can find it below, but what's the best way to track calories burned? Just wrote a brand new article. It's on my website and I would love for you to check it out because that is a misleading topic that I think reading about can really help a lot of people help you. If you know other people that have tried to burn as many calories as they possibly can, um, when working out, Maybe you could share it with them as well. It's a it's a it's a helpful topic to dive into. But with that said, all right, let's dive into the uh, Q and A for today, and we'll start with question number one, which is how much water should you drink a day? And I'll talk about how much water I drink as well. Now, there is no necessarily perfect number that everybody should strive to drink, uh, in terms of water consumption, hydration, um, it's going to be relative to you. And and that's the case with a lot of this stuff with fitness and nutrition. You know, it's, it's relative to you and where you are right now, where are you starting? Um, and can you progressively work on improving over time? So if you don't drink a lot of water, simply drinking a bit more than you are right now is going to help you considerably. A lot of people don't, recognize just how much of a benefit to your overall health it could be to regularly drink enough water, regularly hydrate more than you are right now. Um, With my clients, a place that we normally start is we say, okay, whatever your body weight is, let's cut that in half. So let's say you're 180 pounds. Okay, let's cut that in half and half of 180 is 90 I want you to try and drink 90 ounces of water a day. And to be honest with you, for a lot of people, 90 ounces of water is way more water than they drink right now. I would happen to guess that that's probably higher than the average. So right off the bat, by doing that, you're going to be putting yourself in a good place. You're going to be taking a considerable considerable step forward in terms of improving your overall health, being better hydrated, and having that better hydration benefit you uh, throughout the day and, and over the long term. And then I, what I normally say is, okay, once you get into a good habit of hitting that amount of water, let's add to it. So once you get a few weeks under your belt, it may take a few weeks to get up to drinking 90 ounces of water. And once you're able to get there, we need to show that you can be consistent with it. So, okay, let's try and continue to drink 90 ounces of water uh, week over week over week. And once you maybe get three to four weeks a month of that consistently, then it's probably a good time to say, okay, let's bump it up another 10 ounces, 15 ounces, 20 ounces, whatever seems uh, feasible for you. You should make it feasible. You shouldn't put yourself in a position where you're trying to just like 
uh, you, you, you feel like you have to carry a gallon jug with you everywhere you go. You're constantly chugging water. You feel bloated. You feel awful. You don't want that. You want to progressively work your way up just like you would do with training or nutrition. Like if you're getting on a training program to build muscle, you're not going to go from you know, lifting one day a week to lifting seven days a week because you're going to run your body to, into the ground immediately and it's going to be impossible for you to continue. With nutrition, if you're trying to lose weight, you wouldn't immediately reduce 50, 60, 75% of the calories that you're eating right now to lose weight because you would very quickly run yourself into the ground and not be able to continue. With all that stuff, like building muscle, you want to progressively, slowly, incrementally build on your performance over time. So over time, add a few reps, add a set, add a little bit of weight and continue to do that week by week, month by month. With weight loss, we reduce a small amount of calories to start. See how your body responds for a few weeks. And if your body keeps responding well, then you don't need to change anything. Once you plateau and you stop losing weight, then it's time to make another slight reduction in your calories. Those are the best ways to make sustainable progress. And that applies to drinking water. So if you want to figure out how much water to drink a day and you don't drink much right now, start with your body weight and divide that in half, then try to drink that many ounces a day. From there, once you get comfortable with that number, you can look to progressively add a little bit more over time. Um, I think that's a really great place to start. Now, in terms of how much water I drink, uh, I drink a lot, (laughs) especially now in the summer. um, I've been finding that I'm drinking even more than usual because we're spending a lot of time outside. The weather's obviously a lot warmer, and it's just I'm just hydrating based on the cues that my body is giving me. So I'm drinking based on my what what my body is telling me I need but in general my goal a day is about 25 cups of water and a cup of water is eight ounces so I don't know that's a lot I don't know what the exact ounce total is it's like over 200 ounces of water a day I think and I am uh right around like I normally am between 180 185 pounds I'm cutting right now so I'm going to be a little bit lower than that I'll continue drinking the same amount of water but so I drink right around my body weight and even a little bit more on a regular basis and I think for you that's probably a good place to cap it you know Um, it's not a magic number. It's not a magic equation, but if you're trying to figure out how much water to drink and like, if you incrementally keep adding, you don't need to incrementally add and add and add and add. And then if you get to a point where you feel like you don't need more, you just keep adding. Obviously there is a point of diminishing returns where you don't really need to drink more water. Um, and I would say probably around your body weight. So once you cut your weight in half and you start drinking those ounces, try to work your way up over time, over three, six, nine months maybe even over a year to drinking as many ounces as you weigh. So that 180 pound person we talked about before, if you start at 90, try to work your way up to 180 ounces. It doesn't really matter how long it takes you to get there, but that's probably a good cap. I think like, I mean, that's a lot of water. So you probably don't need more than that, but that would be, I think a good progression for you. That's a good recommendation. That's what I give to most of my clients. um, And I hope that that helps. Question number two, how do you track vegetables? This is a good question. And, you know, it's an interesting one because we go a lot of ways, a lot of different ways with tracking vegetables and even fruits. Um, I've talked a lot about tracking nutrition and and actually the next question is going to be about tracking as well. But um, in terms of tracking vegetables, (laughs) 
if you're dead set on tracking them, well, now let me start here. You you don't necessarily like. How do I want to say this? There are some things. No, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. And this is a one take show. I'm not taking this back. Let's just talk about how to track vegetables. Um, you can track them really uh, two two ways, right? You can track them raw, or you can track them cooked. And this applies to a lot of different types of foods that get cooked. Um, you know, if you're cooking chicken, well, if you're tracking it as uncooked chicken, but cooking it and weighing it out as cooked, the numbers that you're tracking may not be exactly accurate to what you're actually eating, if that makes sense. So like if you track five ounces of a chicken breast cooked, but you're tracking the raw chicken breast numbers, those aren't going to match up with what you actually eat. Your calories and protein will probably be slightly off. Nothing nothing dramatic, but but slightly off. So with, with vegetables, it's kind of the same thing where like if you're eating raw vegetables, if you're eating raw broccoli, you should, when you track it in MyFitnessPal or whatever app you use, you should actually track it as broccoli raw, like type that into my fitness pal. And what I actually like to do is put in USDA and then broccoli raw. I'll do that for almost every piece of produce that I eat, any fruit, any vegetable, USDA, then whatever the fruit is, and then raw or cooked. And if, as long as you're being specific about it in the way that you track it in relation to what you're actually eating, you should be fine. So that's one way to do it. Now, there's obviously vegetables that you buy that come with more specific specific information. Like if you buy frozen vegetables in a bag, that frozen vegetable bag is going to have a barcode. It's going to have nutrition facts on the back, and you should just adhere to exactly what it says on that packaging. So that's no different than anything else. But the, where you get into a tricky situation is tracking cooked or raw and it's really as simple as typing it in so that's what i do again like go back to the chicken example i always weigh out my chicken cooked because i'll prep a ton of chicken for the week and then when i weigh it out you know i'm just pulling from tupperware and and chopping up the chicken and putting it onto a plate or into a bowl and and weighing it out that way so when i weigh it out and track it weigh it out. It's normally like five ounces. And then I will put it into my fitness pal as chicken breast cooked. And it's as simple as that. Now, what I was going to say before I outlined all of that is like, depending on your goal, and yes, I'm going to go here, depending on your goal, sometimes like you don't need to worry so much about weighing things out like vegetables or fruit and and don't get me wrong the calories for everything matter it's not like you can eat as many vegetables as you want and it won't make you fat you are subject to however many calories that you eat it's this is all energy balance right um i've just found working with some people that like you know making a client weigh out spinach is kind of crazy. Uh, it's kind of like more work than is than you're going to receive in reward, if that makes sense. See, you know, so many of these vegetables, um, spinach is a great one. Like an entire bag of spinach is like 40 calories. So if you're eating a portion of that, 
I don't know, just like assume that you're eating 40 calories of spinach and just plug it in and don't take all the time to like weigh it out leaf by leaf. Sometimes I think you can go overkill and drive yourself crazy with these healthier, higher volume foods like vegetables and a lot of fruits like berries too. You know, if, if you're, if you're trying to lose weight and you're swapping in strawberries for, I don't know, like ice cream or some other snack that you used to have, just like eat as many strawberries as you want. Cause there's no way, like if you're replacing ice cream with strawberries, you're winning, right? You're, you're, you're going to be in a deficit based on that calorie swapping. Um, cause berries are so low calorie. I don't know. So like, that's a, that's a little bit of a tangent. It doesn't answer the question. That's kind of my philosophy though, is like, uh, we do need to track everything. We do need to be specific. We need to be accurate with how many calories you're taking in, but at the same time, understand that like sometimes the amount of effort that you have to put in, it's like you, you gotta, you gotta weigh the reward of it. And, and sometimes weighing things out leaf by leaf with vegetables is just like killer for your, uh, it, it can just drive you insane. So personal preference right there by me, but that I <laughs> felt compelled to tack it on at the end. All right, so on the topic of tracking, question number three is what's the best app for tracking calories and macros? And I mentioned it a few times. I'll just go with MyFitnessPal because that's the one that I use with all my clients. Um, It is probably the most popular one out there. I know that there are a ton of others. And to be honest with you, it really shouldn't matter what what, uh, tracking app that you use for calories and macros because... Uh, they're all essentially the same in that they're going to allow you to tally up your food throughout the day. Um, the onus is going to be on you to do it accurately. So whatever you're tracking, make sure you're doing it correctly. If you're weighing out five ounces of chicken breast, make sure you're doing it correctly. Make sure you're actually weighing it out. First of all, don't just log five ounces because you think it's five. Measure it out. And then, like I said before, okay, let's also make sure, is it cooked or is it is it raw? And let's log it appropriately. Um, and it's going to tally up throughout the day, regardless of what app that you use. I've just found that MyFitnessPal has the biggest database of foods, which is why it's super user-friendly to use with my clients. Um, if you're not familiar with what that means and how MyFitnessPal works, uh, you know, MyFitnessPal basically allows you to type in any food um, and the vast majority of the time that food is going to pop up. It, it, when, when you go into your food diary, you hit the plus sign to enter a food and it allows, there's a number of different ways you can enter food. You could scan a barcode of whatever you're eating. And when you scan that barcode, the nutrition information will pop up and you can enter it into your food diary. You can also in a search bar at the top, type in whatever the food is. A lot of times food doesn't come with barcodes, right? Like go back to what we've just been talking about. Fruits and vegetables don't come with barcodes. So you type in whatever the fruit is, or if you're out at a restaurant, um, you know, if it's like a chain restaurant, a popular place, you can type in whatever the food is that you're eating, whatever dish you ordered. And then the restaurant name, chances are it's probably going to come up in the app. There is a humongous database of nutritional information uh, across, throughout the world in my fitness pal that makes it super easy to log whatever food you are eating. So um, that's why I use that one with my clients, but I I know a ton of others that are perfectly usable and fine and, and work well. So it's, again, not as much about what app you use 
it's more so about you tracking things correctly. Um, but you know, if it doesn't matter to you and you're just looking for a recommendation, I would say download my fitness pal that that has been from my experience, the most user-friendly easiest to use. All right. Question number four, I'm so close to my weight loss goal. How do I lose the last few pounds? Um, and I want to go two. I want to go in two directions here. One is first off, let's answer that question directly. Um, in order to lose the last few pounds, okay, let's let's create a scenario here. Let's say uh, you want to lose. Your goal has been to lose thirty pounds, and you've lost twenty five, and you have five more pounds to lose. Um, you're looking great. You're feeling great, and you just want to. Uh, close that, that final gap and hit that goal that you set for yourself. Um, the reality of losing weight and dieting is that early on, it's typically the easiest to lose weight. And the deeper and deeper you get into a fat loss phase, weight loss phase, whatever you want to call it, cut, whatever you want to call it, is it gets harder and your progress slows down because you know, your, your body, especially if you're dieting for like three months, six months, nine months, um, your, your body wants to be as efficient as it possibly can be. And when we talk about weight loss and, and how your body loses weight and, uh, you know, how your metabolism reacts to what you're doing, your metabolism will eventually slow down and meet the energy demands of your body. So the more weight that you lose, the longer that you're going on low calories uh, in a calorie deficit, your metabolism, metab Jesus, metabolism is going to slow down. Um, and when that happens, you get to certain points in this long weight loss phase where you have to continue reducing calories in order to see more weight loss, more fat loss. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. The longer you go, the harder it is to make progress and the hungrier you're going to feel. How do you lose those last few pounds? Quite honestly, you keep doing exactly what you're doing. If you feel like you've been in a plateau for a week or two, I would say don't change anything and just continue doing exactly what you're doing. If you've been in a plateau for like a month and your weight legitimately hasn't moved, then you may need to entertain the thought of reducing calories a little bit more or potentially uh, entertain the idea of adding in more daily activity to whatever you're doing right now. Those are typically the, the two options. The deeper you get into a cut and have, have to figure out ways to cre continue to make progress happen, continue to make weight loss happen. Um, but it's doing the same things. It's creating a calorie deficit and being consistent and giving your body time to adapt to the process. The, that's, you know, to go back to what I said, the unfortunate thing is that it gets harder. <laughs> it definitely gets harder. Like I'm three, almost three full weeks into my cut right now. And, uh, today I had a new low weigh in, which had me almost seven pounds down in three weeks. Um, I promise you in another three weeks, I won't be another seven pounds down. It just not, not how it works. You can't consistently lose two pounds a week, every week for however long you're in a calorie deficit, your body will adapt become as efficient as it can on those calories that you're eating. Your body will get used to eating at a lower calorie intake and you will subconsciously move less to conserve energy. Um, it's, it's amazing how your body adapts in different ways and your mind adapts in different ways to being in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. But it sucks that progress slows down. 
and you just have to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Now, the other direction I want to go in here is uh, also ask you a question where like, okay, let's go back to the hypothetical example. You want to lose 30 pounds. That's been your goal. You've lost 25. You're feeling great. You're looking great. Everything is awesome about all the progress that you've made. You're just really struggling to get these last five pounds off and you can't figure out how to do it. Um, I would ask you, who, who really cares if you lose those last five pounds? And, and what, what difference is putting yourself potentially through really difficult, rigorous situations where you're restricting more calories or forcing yourself to exercise more on top of everything else that you're already doing to lose those five pounds. Like what, what you, you got to weigh the benefits that you get out of that and compare them to, you know, what if that you just maintained this weight that you're at and got figured out a way to get into, into maintenance. Like if you lose those last few pounds, what is it going to do for you? I'm not trying to encourage you to not achieve your goals, but I've seen this a lot where like the amount of effort it takes and how grueling it can be to actually lose those last five pounds. And then you get to the end of it and like, you don't look all that different than you did five pounds heavier, but you feel way worse <laughs> because you put yourself through hell to lose those five pounds. And then once you hit that goal, you introduce more calories and then you gain three, four, five pounds back anyway, because you got to a healthier intake of calories. So I would also ask that question. I'm not telling you to not do it. I'm not telling you to, to, to stop and, and quit on the goal that you set for yourself, but I am saying like weigh, weigh the options, okay? Because you've done an amazing job so far. Um, it, it may be that you could just maintain from here and be super happy and healthy. So something else to consider. But to keep uh, that weight loss going and to lose those last few pounds, you have to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Last question here, and this is a uh, this is a big one. How can I teach my overweight children uh, to get healthier and exercise without being rude? This is a, a really interesting question. Um, I got this one. I remember specifically getting this on Instagram, and how I responded. I, I, I put this in my story, um, and it got a lot of positive feedback, which is why I wanted to include it here on the podcast. Um, where I start with answering this question is that as much as you may want to say something, I really think the way that you teach your overweight children to get healthier and get into exercise is by not saying a single word about it. There's, I feel, very few situations where bringing this topic up, talking to them about it, and, and broaching the, the subject of eating healthy, exercising to be healthy, and what your kids are or are not doing and how they need to maybe be better. There are very few ways that I see that conversation going positively. And there are many more ways in which I see that, co that conversation potentially being very damaging for your children. Um, I really think the way to help your your kids is to lead by example because as parents, uh, our kids watch 
every single thing we do, especially when they're young. And the, they, we, we model their behavior, right? They, they follow what we do, uh, whether we like it or not, and whether we know it's happening or not. We lead by example whether we want to or not. And the best way that you can move forward and, and try and teach your children about having healthy habits is to have those healthy habits yourself and make sure that you are prioritizing your own health and you don't need to be you know crazy outward uh, about it mentioning all these good things that you're doing for yourself you just need to do them and your kids are going to pick up on it so like you know on the weekends taking the family for a walk or going hiking or doing something that's active there's nothing has to be said about that you can quite simply just do those things as a family and that will get your kids into the routine and the mindset of, okay, this is what what I do for like my leisure time activities is go outside and do something, be active, not sit on the couch, not watch movies or play video games or eat food all day. We go out and we explore, we do fun things. Like that is a very simple way to lead by example where you don't have to say a damn word about it. Um, you know, another thing that obviously plays into this is like the nutrition piece. So you can lead by example with what you as a family do. Um, and you can also lead by example by just preparing the right meals. And once again, nothing has to be said. If your kids ask about why, you know, why are we eating this? It's easy enough to say, well, you know what? Protein is, is really good for you. Um, it's good for our health. So are fruits and vegetables. And, uh, we're trying to eat a nutritious meal here for dinner. Like you don't have to dive in more deep and say like, well, we're eating this because you've been eating crap and this, that, the other, like you don't have to go there. You can quite simply prepare the right foods, start with protein, surround it with a nutritious carb source, fruit, vegetable, um, and, Answer the questions honestly, but 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 don't make them pointed answers. Just say these foods are what we're eating because they're nutritious. And I'll pivot there and say, don't don't demonize foods, okay? And don't also put other foods on a, a pedestal because either way, you're gonna by doing one or the other, you're gonna demonize something else and make your kids think that I shouldn't eat this because it's quote unquote bad. And there are no bad foods, okay? There are healthy habits. There are certainly foods that are more calorie dense, but a healthy diet and a healthy relationship with food is by nature something that would allow you to eat all different kinds of foods without having to feel guilt. And I think you would agree with that. So you don't want your kids to feel like they did something bad for having an ice cream bar. That would be terrible. They're kids. Of course they should be able to eat that. Anybody should be able to eat that. So you don't want to demonize those things. You don't want to call foods bad. You don't want to say this food is better than this food or anything like that. Just explain that we're eating nutritious foods because they're good for us. And it could be as simple as that. Um, and then, you know, the last things I'll say is just like also understand that children have a lot of development ahead of them. I get messages, a really upsetting amount of messages on TikTok specifically from kids who are like, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I, I get so many coaching applications from teenagers that are like in their young teens as well. Um, asking about 
what can I do to lose weight? I, because I, I, you know, I feel I, I don't, I don't like the way I look this, that, the other thing. And like the, the kids have so much development ahead of them that like, if you can just get your kids to focus on eating mostly nutritious foods, and I say mostly, because once again, it's okay to have some of those other treats. There's nothing wrong with that. Eat mostly nutritious foods. Try and get a decent amount of protein in your diet. Um, and then focus on those healthy habits that get you exercising, whether your kids know it or not. If they're playing sports, they're probably not thinking that this is exercise. They're just thinking that's fun. If you guys go on a walk or go on a hike, they're probably not thinking we're doing this for exercise. They're probably just thinking we do this as a family and I like it. Um, if you can just focus on those types of things, that combined with the development that kids have ahead of them, they're going to end in the right place 99% of the time. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is just that like the concept of dieting at a young age can be really super damaging. And, and I think that's pretty, that should be pretty self-explanatory. Like if you put it in your kid's head at a young age that they need to eat a certain way because of the way that they look that is a fast track to body dysmorphia, eating disorders, like a lot of really damaging things that never have to happen because kids have so much development ahead of them. You, you, that you're not helping them um, by bringing that up. And again, so that's why I go back to like, don't, I, don't, I don't think you should say anything. I think this is about you as a parent leading by example. And uh, if you do that, your kids are going to be in a really good spot. I feel very confident about that. So I hope that's uh, I hope that's helpful. But thank you uh, so much for listening. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited to do another one next week. I think next week we're going to dive into one, one of those more uh, specific, hyper-specific episodes where we focus on one topic because I got a few um, articles that I've written that I want to do podcast episodes about. So I think that's where we're going to go next week. And I'm looking forward to doing that. But until then, um, if you like what you heard on this episode of the podcast and you would be willing to, uh, please leave a five-star rating in a little uh, short review. If you have one to two minutes, wherever you listen to this podcast, that's super helpful. It helps me get the podcast in front of more people who are looking for uh, the right information when it comes to fitness and nutrition. Um, and like I said at the beginning, I am a coach. If you would like some help on your journey with fitness and nutrition, if you want to feel more confident, build muscle, burn fat, do all those good things, I would love to work with you and talk with you about your goals so you can hit that link in the show notes and uh, that's going to wrap it up. So thanks again and I will talk to you next time.